Praise God. You guys can be seated for those of you guys that are here. And good morning, everyone. For those of you guys uh, here in person, good morning. For those of you guys on Zoom, good morning. And I know just recently here, for those of you guys on YouTube Live, because you join us a little bit later, we want to welcome you guys. And, you know, one incredible blessing has been really cool over the last several weeks is just seeing, you know, people subscribing to our YouTube channel that I have never heard of, I have never seen. So for those of you guys that are not familiar with us, um, that are just joining us for the first time, finding us online. We just want to welcome you guys today. Uh, let me open us up in prayer. Lord Jesus, we give you all the glory, honor, and praise, Lord. And Lord, this morning, we know your presence is here, Holy Spirit. Um, Lord, but there's kind of the spirit of, of a little bit of sleepiness. Lord, it sounds like many people, um, Lord, had some challenges sleeping last night, including myself. And so, Lord, we pray for your Holy Spirit, Lord, um, to give us that boost, that Holy Spirit boost, to be um, that pneuma, to be that wind, that breath that just, just kickstarts us. Lord Jesus, I pray that, Holy Spirit, you'd speak to me and through me as we take a look at the vision you have for Peninsula Hope Church, the vision that is your plan and your purpose. And so I pray, Lord Jesus, that you would help me to unpack this, Lord, the way you want me to, to explain it in a way, Lord, that would resonate, Lord, where we can carry out your plans and purposes. And we pray this all in your name. Amen. So over the last several weeks, I've been talking about the vision for the church. And this vision God dropped on me about a little over three years ago. And it just kind of took some time, some changes, a pandemic to get to re-preach this, to bring it out. And, and honestly, God's been just revealing some different things about this. And so you know, we've talked about what a vision is from a biblical perspective, and then we've talked about what our vision is, and we repeated that over and over, so hopefully you've got it, that we want to transform the Bay Area and beyond through the love of Christ. Again, we want to transform the Bay Area and beyond through the love of Christ. And then I've talked about how God put on my heart, sitting there um, in San Clemente, looking at the ocean. He said, unite the church. And we talked about that. The unity is so important. We see that throughout the Bible. And unity means that you have of one mind, of one vision, of one action, and that is doing what God wants. And that means that not only are we like-minded within our English ministry here at Peninsula Hope Church, but we're in unity, we're in line with our Nichigo, our Japanese language ministry well, as, as well. And so we need to be working towards that unity. And, and part of that is that we are maturing as Christians. And I mentioned that people don't necessarily like to think of it as there are those that maybe know more or more mature, and there are those that are less mature. But that's a reality. We see that in Romans. And what it also tells us is those of us that are maybe have a little greater knowledge, maybe we experience a deeper relationship with God, it doesn't mean that we're better. It actually means we have to be patient with those that are maybe a little bit like towards the beginning of their journey of faith. We have to be patient, but that patience is because we want to be pouring into them. We want to help them to grow because the last thing we want to do is to leave brothers and sisters behind. We want them to grow and go with us on this journey of faith. So we want to transform the Bay Area and beyond through the love of Christ. And if you want to talk maybe in a worldly sense, what's the mission then? Kind of the mission statement is that we want to be maturing Christians who understand and express the love of Christ. Again, understand and express it. We can't just understand it and do nothing. 
And we can't just express randomly what we think God's love is, because as we learned last week, God's love, Scripture tells us, is like the love of a healthy parent. I'm adding healthy because we know there's some parents that aren't healthy. They're letting their kids do whatever they want to do. That's not what God does. Sometimes God loves, God's love is that really warm embrace, that caring hug, but sometimes it's a stiff rebuke. It's discipline. It's both of those things. And for some of us, we tend to be more on the grace and mercy perspective of our faith, and for others, we're about truth and accountability. But really, ultimately, it's a balance of both of those things. And so with that, there's three L's that Harrison mentioned that we're going to be talking about this week and next, that these are things that help us to better understand and better express God's love or Christ's love. And those three L's are, one, learning about Christ, learning about Christ, living for Christ, living for Christ, and then leading others to Christ. So we need to learn, then we need to live, and then we need to lead. Those three things are the keys to our faith. Those three things are the keys to not only understanding, but also expressing Christ's love, experiencing it ourselves, but then also expressing that to others. So today we'll talk about those first two. We're going to talk about learning about Christ and living about Christ, and then we're going to tie it next week by ending it all with leading others to Christ. And as I was talking to Emily about this, I realized, okay, I'm telling you we're going to end next week, but it might not end next week because the Holy Spirit may say there's more because leading others, ultimately that's evangelism. And pastors preach series on that because it's so important. It is the only way to get heaven a little more full or a lot more full. That's what we want to see. We want to see heaven packed with people. And so I think it'll be one week, but it may end up being longer. But this week, we're going to focus on learning about Christ and living for him. So what exactly do I mean by learning about Christ? It may seem very obvious, but what I have seen and hopefully what you guys are learning is that a lot of times we talk about concepts, we think we understand the definition of them, but we really don't. We don't really understand all the nuances. So learning about Christ, which I truly believe in my heart, comes first because it is difficult, if not impossible, to believe, to trust in something that you know little or nothing about. And there's people that may say, well, do these L's really matter? What, you know, which order they come in? And I truly believe they do because, again, how can you possibly believe something with all of your heart if you don't know anything about it or you don't know very little about it? And then it's also very difficult, if not impossible, for someone else to believe or trust in something that they don't know about, right? So if I don't know about what it means to be a Christian, I'm going to struggle to believe it with all of my heart. And if I can't share what I truly believe to someone else, how are they ever going to understand it? It's pretty much an impossibility. And the example I thought of was veganism. I don't know if there's any vegans here, but growing up, you know, I would hear people be like, you know, I'm a vegetarian. And I'm like, oh, okay, so that means you eat vegetables? Because honestly, I didn't know. And so I was like, okay, so you're a vegetarian, you eat vegetables. And then I heard this term vegan. And I'm like, wait, so what is that? And I heard someone be like, 
uh, I think vegans, they only eat eggs or, you know, poultry and stuff. I'm like, okay, because I honestly didn't know. I, and I still, I had to study and research to understand what veganism really was. But here's the thing, even this morning, I was digging around a little bit more to understand what the difference is between a vegetarian and a vegan. Because it happens to be that vegetarians, they can eat poultry. But veganism, they don't eat anything that has to do with animals. And it goes beyond that. And I was like, oh, I never even knew this, that it's really not about diets at all. It's about animal rights where they don't wear leather. They don't wear fur. In fact, I guess like the hardcore vegans, they don't go to the zoo because that's abusive to animals. And then I read some today. I was like, hey, Emily, I wonder where, you know, how vegans feel about pets. And there is some society of veganism that said true hardcore vegans, they don't have pets because that's kind of like imprisoning animals. But see, I didn't know this because one, I'm not a vegan. And two, because how can I share with others what I don't know, right? How can I be up here telling you guys to become a vegan if I don't know what the heck a vegan is? And how can I claim to be a vegan if I don't understand it, I have no knowledge of it. Well, Christianity is the same thing. How can you possibly tell me you're a Christian if you don't know anything about Christ or you know very little? And how are you ever going to share that with anybody else? Again, you don't know anything about it. We have to learn about Christ. That's the number one. And so for someone to say, I can jump in anywhere with any of these else, I believe that's incorrect because you're going to be sharing the way I shared about veganism. You really don't know about it at all and you may be misguiding people. So we have to understand learning about Christ is so important, it is essential, it is the jumping off, it is the starting point for a Christian faith. The Bible specifically talks about this as well. Romans 10, verses 13 and 14. For whoever will call on the name of the Lord will be saved. Whoever will call on the name of the Lord will be saved. But listen, as we go further here, how then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? How will they believe in whom they have not heard? And how will they hear without a preacher? What does that tell you? You cannot possibly believe in God if you haven't learned about him, if you haven't heard about him. That's why we have to learn. That's the first thing we have to do to truly become a Christian. Amen. Even when people experience miracles that point to God or what we interpret as God or what, pe or what people interpret as God, even when they experience these incredible miracles to truly put their faith in God, they need some revelation of who he is. It's happened in the life of the Apostle Paul. Acts 9 verses 3 through 5. As he neared Damascus on his journey, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the floor and heard a voice say to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. I am Jesus whom you are persecuting, he replied. That's the Damascus Road experience. That was Saul's conversion. That he needed to actually have a revelation of who Jesus was. It wasn't just enough to hear about this guy. He needed a revelation of who Jesus was. So let's dig a little deeper. What exactly is learning? 
It is defined as the act or experience of one that learns knowledge or skill or a skill acquired by instruction, study, or experience. So regarding Christianity, learning is acquiring knowledge and understanding of our triune God, God the Father, God the Son, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. First, to make the decision to put your faith in Jesus, which includes belief and trust. So that's the first part of why we need knowledge about Christ. It's to make that decision to believe in Him. And then second, it's to help us to live more like Him in the way that we think, the way we feel, and the way that we act. So that's what learning is. It's a process, it's an experience of how we gain knowledge. Sometimes it's through reading, studying, or it's experiencing things. We need to learn about Christ and who He is. And the reason why this is so important for Christians, and non-Christians obviously, is first and foremost, you cannot experience salvation through Jesus and His sacrifice for all of us if you don't know who He is. You can't. You can't just give your life to something, just like the whole vegan comment I made earlier. You can't give your life to doing this thing, to living this way, if you don't have any idea of what it takes and what it means. So we need to, to learn about God, to learn about Jesus. Learning about God, it also helps us to make decisions in our life. You know, how often are we in situations where we're wondering what we should do? And so we go talk to our friends, we talk to our family. Well, there's a way that we can get better guidance that is 100% true, is 100% perfect. It never fails, but we have to seek it. And that's learning about God, that's seeking His Word. Proverbs 1, verse 5, Let the wise listen and add to their learning, and let the discerning get guidance. We get that guidance, that discernment through God's Word. Learning about God and, his faith, and our faith in Him, it also helps us from wandering in our faith. Just this week, I would say, I think it was seven eight pe- or eight people that I have phone calls with, each and every one of them was going through some challenge, whether it was health challenges, financial challenges, or spiritual challenge. It was an unbelievable week. Praise God, a lot of my sermon was done last week. And so, because God knew that this week it'd be a lot of calls to people going through a lot of stuff. And so we can get discernment and encouragement, and we can, the Word of God can help us from wandering from our faith, because several of these individuals that I talked to, they asked, Andrew, would you please pray for us that our faith wouldn't waver, our trust in God wouldn't waver? And I was telling them, you know what, that's a beautiful thing that you're already catching yourself that you know when you go through tough situations, there is all the possibility in the world that you could struggle in your faith journey. What a mature thing for people to catch that before it happens. Proverbs 22.6, and there's a little context to this, so I'll explain it here in a second. Train up a child in the way he should go, that would be he or she, Even when he or she is old, he or she will not depart from it. Now, here's the thing. People think, oh, this is talking about the Bible. Actually, it's not, right? I've heard people say, oh, well, we took our kid to Sunday school. They're good, even though they've wandered so far from God. They don't even believe in him. They're good because uh, we raised them in in church, and they went to to Bible study or children's church. No, no, no. This is just a basic principle. It's just saying, if you teach your kids well, 
When they get older, chances are they won't depart. They won't forget it. But here's the thing. Think about mathematics. Think about spelling, any of these things. Your kids, you teach your kids over and over. Think about the amount of time you pour into your kids to learn things. Do you spend that much time teaching them about Jesus? Probably not. Therefore, does this really apply then? Are you really teaching them? Or did you just drop them off at Sunday school and that's it? They need more than that. They need it 24-7. Then they will not depart from it. But again, this verse is not specifically talking about faith in the Bible. It's a general principle that if you teach your kids well, chances are they won't forget what you've taught them. But again, think about how much time you teach kids how to speak. Think about how many times you tell your kids to say please and thank you. Well, do you talk about Jesus as much as you tell them to say please and thank you? That's the level we need to take this thing. It has to be all day, all along, all day, all along Jesus. That has to be our mentality. Learning about God and our faith in Him also helps us to fight the sin in our lives. Praise Jesus, because we are all sinners. We all stumble. All the time, we are fighting our fleshly desires. Psalm 119, verses 9 through 11. How can a young man keep his way pure? By keeping it according to your word. With all my heart, I have sought you. Do not, do not let me wander from your commandments. Your word I have treasured in my heart that I might not sin against you. And again, this isn't just for young men for old men. It's not just for old men and young men. It's also for old men or old women and young women. You want to help yourself from stumbling so much? Keep God's word in your heart. And the only way it gets in your heart is if it's in your head. And the only way it's in your head is if you're studying it over and over and over. That's the only way this thing works. But what an incredible thing this is. This thing, the everything, God, the Bible, his word. Learning helps, helps us to fight the sin in our lives. And the final thing I put down here is that learning about God and our faith in Him, it helps us through life's challenges. That song, the second song that, that Harrison sang that Michael uh, mentioned to us, he sent it to us on Wednesday. I, I didn't realize it would, it would get sung today. That's pretty awesome. But it's so true. It talks about all the challenges people are going through. And we want to pray for people. We want to pray for healing and breakthrough. I was mentioning to a couple people this week, the thing is, is that the kind of prayers that you pray for breakthrough, they're hardcore, they're intense. We can't pray our dinner prayers. We can't pray, thank you, Jesus, for our food. Heal my friend. That's not how it works. We need to have that intimate time with Jesus. We have to pray deeply. Our heart and soul has to be in it. That's the kind of prayers that move God. Not this thank you for the macaroni. That's not what God wants. Matthew 11, verses 29 through 30. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart. You will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Learning about Christ it helps us in the challenges that we're going through. And there are so many challenges that people are facing now. 
We need to learn more about God because it will help us through those challenges. So how do we do this? And I, and I was really happy because God just put on my heart that I need to dig a little deeper because, you know, Emily also reminds me, you know, we always talk about you got to pray, you got to read the Bible. And I'm like, well, of course, those are the kind of like, that's what you got to do. But there's more to it than that. So I wanted to unpack things a little bit more today. So number one, yes, we need to read and listen to the Bible because how does it get into your head? How does it get into your heart if you're not hearing it or reading it? So you have to read it. And then you have to study it. But I wanted to unpack study because I've said it. I've kind of one-upped and said it's not just reading and listening, it's studying. But I want you to understand what studying is. And again, this seems very just basic. I think we all know it. We all went to school. We all studied. But for some reason, when we talk about the Bible, I don't think we think about studying. I mean, think about that. We think about studying manuals for work, studying this chart, studying that. But when we talk about the Bible, do we think about studying the same way? The definition of study is the state of contemplation, the application of mental faculties to acquire knowledge. It means you're putting an effort into thinking about that which you are reading and listening to. It is also the careful and extended examination, which means it takes time, consideration, and analysis of acquiring knowledge. Let me read that again. The state of contemplation, the application of mental faculties to acquire knowledge. It is also the careful and extended examination, consideration, and analysis of acquired knowledge. So truly studying the Bible is more than just reading or listening to it. It is carefully and thoughtfully thinking about and learning how to appropriately apply what God says through his word, the Bible, to our lives. So I ask you, do you study the Bible? Chances are you probably don't because it takes a lot of time and effort. But the thing is, you have to understand, in the same way that you studied how to read and write, you've got to study the Word in the same way. We need to devote our lives to this. We don't want to be shallow Christians. If you're wondering why so many people are leaving churches, I mentioned last week a, a friend's church in, in Colorado, 3,000 people, half of them have left, right? There's churches, I've talked to friends in the PCJC, right? Churches that are really struggling. Why is that? Because maybe people haven't really delved into their faith. They've had a very surface faith, which means when things get tough and challenging, it's easy to walk away from that faith. When you hear something that doesn't quite make sense to you, when you feel judged or condemned and you just walk away, maybe it's because you didn't take the time to study what God's Word says. Maybe it wasn't really strengthening you the way it can. So we have to study the Bible. We can't just read it. We need to pay attention to sermons. You know, it, it's funny how I have had people tell me, oh, I noticed in your sermon you said this word so many times. Really? That's what you paid attention to? Or it's funny the way you said this or that. That's what you paid attention to? I mean, I should get offended, but I don't. I'm just kind of just saddened. I'm kind of saddened. 
Because imagine if you went to your professors or your teachers in school and you said, oh, Miss Johnson, you said captivating too many times. You'd probably get an F because you weren't really paying attention to what you were supposed to. And that should convict us. What are we focused on? Are we paying attention to sermons? Are we intentionally attending Bible studies? Are we attending small groups, community groups? Our community, everybody in this church, whether you're online on YouTube, whether you're on Zoom, should be in a community, or if you're here in person. Why? Because we're talking about the sermon. We're talking about God's Word. So if you're not, you're only getting part of what you could really be getting out of it. That's the whole reason I mean, I know a lot of people think of community groups as social time. Really, that's not the point of community groups. I know we call them community groups, but there are ways to help you grow. It's in a community that you're learning about God. That's what a community group is. The relationships, that's like the cherry on top. That's great, but that's not the fundamental purpose. The fundamental purpose is as a group together, as a community, to study and learn God's Word. Because when we talk about it together, we stretch ourselves. We start to ask questions, right? We thoughtfully contemplate what was being preached. We thoughtfully contemplate what God word, God's Word says and how to apply it to our lives. So if you're not part of a community group, join. You know, if, if you came to church today, you might as well go to your group. It's in an hour. You know, it's not like it's taking all day, right? This is how we learn about Christ. Amen. And here's the also a very huge one in and it, and it breaks my heart when people struggle with this, and it brings joy to my heart when I hear people admit this. It is, you know, learning about Christ is also understanding and acknowledging and not being ashamed about what you do not know about God and the Bible and asking qualified individuals for the answers. So here's the thing, taking it back to my vegan example, if I don't know what veganism is, I need to ask. I should not feel ashamed that I don't know, that I didn't know the difference between a vegan and a vegetarian because no one told me. I had to research it. But here's the thing, I can't just go to Wikipedia and think that Wikipedia has all the right answers. I probably need to go to someone who has given their life to veganism. And now I've realized I don't really need to go to a dietitian either because, again, it's not really about a diet. It's about a belief. And that's the difference. But see, I had to go to a lot of websites over the last couple of days to realize that because I didn't want to be up here looking really dumb, not having any clue. But, like, like there's so many things I don't understand about that lifestyle. And it's the same thing with Christianity. I have spent the bulk of my life studying God's Word. I've gone to undergrad. I've gone to grad school. I'm praying about getting my, my doctorate in it, getting my M or my demon, not a demon, but my demon in this. This is how much I love God's word. And I still will never get it all. I won't probably get half. I probably won't get a quarter of it. It's too incredible. But that's the level of study. That's the level of dedication that we should desire to put into it. It doesn't mean we're all going to be able to go to seminary but it does mean we can pick up our Bibles every day. It does mean we can do some research on what things mean. It does mean I can go ask the pastor, how do I interpret this? Acts 8, verses 29 through 38. 
Then the Spirit, I love the Holy Spirit led Philip here. Then the Spirit said to Philip, go up and join this chariot. Philip ran up and heard him reading Isaiah the prophet and said, do you understand what you are reading? This is the eunuch here. We'll find this here in a second. And he said, well, how could I unless someone guides me? Praise Jesus. He admitted it. He did not know. He was reading something and he didn't understand it. And he says, how can I possibly understand this if someone does not guide me, if someone does not explain it to me? And he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. Now the passage of scripture which he was reading was this. He was led as a sheep to slaughter and as a lamb before the shearer is silent. So he has not opened his mouth. In humiliation, his judgment was taken away. Who will, relate his, uh, who will relate his generation for his life is removed from the earth. The eunuch answered Philip and said, Please tell me of whom does this prophet say this, of himself or someone else? Then Philip opened his mouth. I love that, opened his mouth, right? I think it's because sometimes we have to open our mouths when we don't want to. We have to open our mouths. He was bold. He opened his mouth, and beginning from this scripture, he preached Jesus to him. He shared the gospel. As they went along the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, Look, water! What prevents me from being baptized? I love this. And Philip said, If you believe... But is that all he said? Did he say just, if you believe? If you just raise your hand and say, I want Jesus? No, 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 no. He said, if you believe with all your heart right? That's why I keep stressing. It's a heart condition. It's your mind and your heart. It's not as simple as just saying, I want Jesus. You need to really want him in your heart. So if you believe with all your heart, you may. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the son of God. And he ordered the chariot to stop and they both went down to the water, Philip as well as a eunuch, and he baptized him. Isn't God's word amazing? Because we get the little details, the ones we want to leave out. To truly be saved, you need to believe in Jesus and trust in him with all your heart. That's why so many people have left the church. We have to ask ourselves, did they ever really believe? Were they ever really challenged to grow in their faith? Or was it all hugs? Or did they ever get the rebuke? Did they ever get the, hey, you need to appropriately divide the word of God. We need both. So in order to understand and express Christ's love, we need to first learn about God. But we can't stop there. And I'm actually thinking, you know what? This is going to be too much. So I'm actually probably going to wrap it here and we're going to actually have the second L next week because there's, there's just too much here and I don't want to leave it out. Um, Philippians 4.9, this will just, I'll kind of tie it in. I'll end with a tie into next week. Philippians 4.9 and James 1.22 verse 25. So first, Philippians 4.9. And like I said, we need to learn about Christ. That's the first L, but we cannot just stay there. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice and the God of peace will be with you. What we have learned about Christ, what we study, now we have to put it into action. We have to do 
something with it. In James 1, 22 through 25, but don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you are only fooling yourselves. For if you listen to the word and don't obey it, it is like glancing at your face in a mirror. You see yourself, walk away, and forget what you look like. But if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free, and if you do what it says and do not forget what you heard, then God will bless you for doing it. Praise God. You know, that's not prosperity gospel. That's gospel truth, that if you're obedient, God will bless you. But again, mature Christians understand being blessed by God doesn't mean your pockets will be full of money, right? You, you may still have financial problems, but God may give you the joy of the Lord in a way that you can't even imagine. He may give you the peace that transcends all understanding more than you could ever imagine, but that, again, comes with maturity. It's understanding, right, how to apply God's word, the knowledge that we've thought about, contemplated about. So next week, we're going to transition into living for Christ. So there's still two more L's. One, living for Christ. And then the final one is leading others to Christ. Because we have to take the knowledge that we're learning and we have to put it into action but we have to take the entirety and put it into action. For some of you out there, like myself, we, we have to learn, I have to learn how to be the more cuddly, that kind of loving person. And Randy laughs, and so does Harrison, but that's all right. Because many of you, you need to do the other. That if you see sin in someone's life, no, you don't judge them, but you ask them about that. You say, how does this make you feel? As a Christian, is this how you should be living? You see, for me, that's the easy part. That's what God called me to. So I need the Holy Spirit to help me with the other part, the encouraging, the warm embracing part. But see, to truly live that out, what we're going to talk about next week, it has to be the entirety. If it's not, that's not the love of a parent. That's not the love of God. And we want to express the love of God the love of Christ, because we want to see people transformed from the inside out. And the only way that's going to happen is if they understand and experience Christ's love for them and Christ's love that is expressed through us. Amen? Lord Jesus, Lord, we, Lord, we love you. Lord, we love learning about you. Lord, I pray that everyone here would get excited, as excited as I do, about learning more about you. That, Lord, your word is living and active, Lord. It speaks to us. It judges our heart condition. It is so amazing, Lord, that you point these little things out. That, Lord, we can read the Bible time and time again. And each time it is refreshing and new. Lord, I pray that we would all have such an incredible passion that when we read the Bible, Lord, we can't put it down. And I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would be stirring in our hearts and our minds. That we would ask questions. And I pray, Lord, that we would not be fearful, we would not feel judged, we would not feel embarrassed, that we would ask when we don't understand things. And Lord, I pray that all of us, including myself, that we would be humble, that if we don't have all the answers, that we would go look for them. Lord Jesus, help us to be a church. Help us to be the body of Christ that is united in the desire to learn about you. 
to desire to get to know you in a more intimate way. Lord Jesus, I pray that if there is anyone in our congregation, if there is anyone watching, Lord, that is joining us on YouTube that doesn't know you as our Lord and Savior, Lord, I pray that you would start stirring in their hearts, that they would reach out and they would start asking the questions and that they would, just like the eunuch, truly in their hearts want to put their faith and trust in you. Lord, because that's what genuine faith is, and it comes from a knowledge of who you are. Lord Jesus, we love you. Help to transform us into the body of Christ that you want us to be. Lord, we give you our everything because you are everything to us. And we pray this in your name. Amen. Well, we have, actually, I think there's only one announcement today, and then we'll pray for our offering, and that is that we have our mixed groups today. And just from, as I mentioned today in the sermon, I hope we see all of you there. I get it, you know, it's Sunday. Some people, it's Sunday fun day, you know, but hopefully it's also Sunday God day, you know, so hopefully here in an hour we see you guys, because, you know, I want to talk about learning about Christ with all of you, so I encourage you guys to join us. Let me pray for our offering um, Lord Jesus, in about three weeks, Lord, um, you've put it on my heart to preach about tithing again, Lord, because we need to understand what that's about, Lord. Just as we've learned today, we need to truly learn and understand what it means to tithe and give offerings. And so I pray, Lord, that even now, if there are individuals in this church that, Lord, they've just never been moved to tithe. I pray, Lord Jesus, that you would be stirring their hearts, that they would start asking the questions of, I, I haven't tithed in my life, or I used to, I don't anymore, or I'm going through financial challenges, I don't understand this tithe thing and how it works. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would be stirring them to ask the questions. And I pray, Lord, that you would help me, Lord, to preach your word, to talk to them about it, how you would have me present it. And Lord, we want to thank you so much for those that do give on a regular basis, Lord, that they have made that commitment to you. I pray, Lord, that you would bless those individuals that have been obedient in that way, and I pray, Lord, that you would help us to be integrous, Lord, in how we handle the financial blessings that you've given us here at the church so faithfully, Lord, for over 70 years. Lord, we put our trust in you as we give towards your ministry and your plans and purposes, and we pray this all in your name. Amen.